Good evening. It is good to be in the house of the Lord, and we thank each and every one of you who have thought enough to stay around for this second service, and for those of you who are attending for the first time today, we are so glad that you are here to participate in our worship today upon the first day of the week, and that's what the first day of the week is supposed to be all about. It's all about worshiping God on this day. It's supposed to be about worshiping God, serving God every day of our lives as Christians, but and particularly today, we come together as, as that spiritual family and collectively, and we sing, we pray, we hear the preaching of the word, we give back, and, you know, we remember Christ's crucifixion and how they delivered him as the sin offering for mankind that he could purchase, he could Purchased the way and paved the way for our salvation through the shedding of his blood hanging there on that cross. That's what we call the communion that we partake of every first day of the week. Our minds should be reflected back to that time when that event occurred so that we can appreciate more and more. It shouldn't become duller and duller, it should become more appreciative every week that we look and we participate and be a part of it because God has been so good to us. Amen. Amen. I kind of chuckle and laugh when Gerard used the uh, article in the bulletin as the inspiration to read him because that's my lesson. (laughs) And, And I just laughed to myself and I said, well, they'll get it read again. But nevertheless, he just introduced it, and I'm just going to uh, highlight a couple of points of it, and then the lesson is yours. Because it's really a powerful lesson if you really stop and think about it. I try to, from week to week, put in some articles and some lessons in the bulletins. I don't know how much you read it. You might not read it much at all, but I try to put lessons in there that we can benefit from what this congregation is going through and our direction and everything. And this one in particular right here is something all of us can uh, look at and digest and benefit from. What do I owe the Lord? Unlike most of our great-great-grandparents, we live a life of financial indebtedness. According to an article on the Ramsey Solutions website, Some astounding numbers. 77% of American households have at least some type of debt at an average of $58,609 per adult. This debt includes credit cards, student loans, auto loans, and mortgages. The definition of debt in its simplest terms means owing someone a payment For any reason. Without the present financial system, most of us could not afford a house, car, or many of the other possessions we have. Amen? Amen. In other words, without credit, many of us wouldn't have anything. But you know what? It wouldn't be the end of the world because we haven't always had credit all our lives. I came up in a time... uh, 
You, you learn if you, you didn't have it, you did without it. Until you can get it. It's just that simple. But that was always layaway. <laughs> Amen. Boy, wasn't nothing like layaway, buddy. And when you went in there and made that last payment, you knew it was yours. And you walked out of that store knowing you didn't owe another dime on it. Amen. When it comes to the spiritual, and that's what we're going to talk about today. When it comes to the spiritual, we serve God with an unpayable indebtedness. The price that was paid for our sin by Jesus when he was crucified can never be repaid by human merit. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 and Titus 3, 4 and 5. Even though it cannot be repaid, we owe the Lord a life of worship and service because he forgave us and saved us from everlasting destruction. Some people will have you to believe. Jesus did it all when he died on the cross and there's nothing left for mankind to do. Jesus did it all. He did it all of what was required of him to pave the way and to open the accessibility for us to be saved. But there's still something left to be done on our part. Man still had to hear the gospel. He had to believe it, repent, confess, and be baptized. And still, there's still much for man to do. He got to live faithful unto death. But people would have you to believe there's nothing left for man to do. Except Jesus, as, as the saying go in denominational words, just accept Jesus in your heart. Pray this prayer and then it ain't nothing else for you to do. Jesus has done it all. And you know what? You just go on out there and live the way you want to live. Because Jesus has done it all. That's a lie. That is, that is so far from the truth. There's much for us to do. And there's plenty that we owe the Lord. We look and say, even though it cannot be repaid, we owe the Lord a life, not a moment, not a particular amount of time. We owe the Lord our life. Amen. We owe the Lord our life. We will purchase with the blood of Christ that we might be redeemed. We owe him our life because the truth of the matter is we don't own ourselves anymore. We were bought with a price. Therefore, if I've been bought with a price, I'm subject, I'm subject to serve the one who purchased me. And that's Christ. And if I'm in Christ, if I'm a servant of Christ, there are some things Christ said I must do in order to serve him, in order to glorify him, in order to be in him. Unfortunately, we sometimes place our loyalties to the people in our lives more than we do to God. Think about that for a moment. That is so true. We feel because we see 
these particular people all the time and we've never seen God, our loyalty shifts in the wrong direction. Your mama ain't never died on a cross for you. And that's not a put down on anybody's mother. Your daddy ain't never died on a cross for you. And that's not a put down on your father, your sister, your brother, or anybody else relative to you. They never died on a cross for you. And better yet, they ain't never sent anybody to the cross to die in your stead. So how can we allow the greatest amount of our loyalty to go to somebody else other than God who has done the most for us. Furthermore, it would be impossible for us to be in compliance and obedience to the greatest commandment. And the greatest commandment given is what? Love the Lord thy God with what? All your heart, mind, soul. Am I right? God gets all. God gets all. Nobody should ever share the top tier with God. I owe my parents love and respect. I owe, you know, my fellow man, my fellow brother and sister, a love and respect. But my ultimate loyalty should be to God. There should never be a competition Nothing to think about when it comes to choosing between God and something else or someone else. That's right. What God has spoken should be final. And that should just be the conclusion of it. But it says, unfortunately, we sometimes place our loyalties to the people in our lives more than we do to God. And when we do, we're no longer, we're no longer worthy of Jesus, Matthew 10 and 37. Well, if I'm no longer worthy of Christ, where is the possibility of my salvation? Where is the hope of my salvation? Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. How can I even affiliate or have an association or fellowship with God if I'm not worthy of Christ. You know, I, 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 I want to try to paint this picture and I, and I hope you can, you can just picture this in your mind. If I had two people standing here and both had veils over their body, one had a veil of black, And one had a veil of red. And the veil of black represented someone who has not been baptized, who has not obeyed the gospel. The veil of red covering the person represents a person who has obeyed the gospel. And that red represents the blood that's ever flowing and cleansing over and over in their lives. And the two Stand before God. The one in the black veil attempts 
to talk to God and maybe even ask God, forgive me for what I did in my life. Here's the problem. There's no blood there. There's no blood. So with no blood, you can't be presented worthy to even talk to God. But the veil over here, this person can talk to God and call upon God. Why? Because the blood cleanses them. And the, the blood uh, presents them worthy that they may be presented before God. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. You cannot go unto God but by me. And it's sad to think there are people walking around today deceived in their thinking that they actually have conversations with God. They said, I'm praying. But the truth of the matter is your prayers are worthless. They're worthless. Why? Because you have no representation. It's like going to court, trying to represent yourself, and in most cases, you might slip up every now and then, a judge may say, well, they just outright did that person wrong. Mm -hmm. But in most cases, mm -hmm. you have a judge who once upon a time was an attorney, mm -hmm. who practiced law, but now is a judge, and he's working with his Associates who are attorneys and they're in the same bed together. Amen. How dare you after all this money they spent to go to school and go to college and all this stuff and everything and you think you're going to walk up in there and just outwit them. In most cases the judge will say I strongly advise you to get some representation. I very strongly advise you. And that's what we need. That's, this is what people need to understand who are not in Christ. We need to strongly advise them. They need representation. You may say, I have a serious heart. You may say, I, I, I believe in God. Well, if you believe in God, why won't you obey his son? Many are going to close their eyes. Many, many, many. Without the right representation. And if you're separated from God. What do you expect to hear from God? You ever stop and thought about that? God is giving us every opportunity in the world to be ready. Jesus has declared, I am the way, the truth, and I am that life. There's no other life that matters to my father than the life I laid down 
and the life I charge you with. Any other way of living is not of interest to God. Jesus is coming back one day for his church. Nothing else on the outside. Everything he's coming back for will be inside. And if you're on the outside today, he don't even know you. He don't even know you. Now, you could sit there and pretend and say to yourself, well, I know what God has done for me. And God has done a lot of things for us when we were foolish in our wicked ways. The greatest thing he ever did for us was he gave his only begotten son, even while we were yet sinners. Look what God did. I'm not denying and arguing with you that God haven't been watching over you, even though you are still in your sin. It rains on the just as well as the unjust. The sun shines on the just as well as the unjust. But that's not to say you're in the right fellowship with him. That's his mercy. That's his long suffering. That's his tenderheartedness. That's him saying, you better get right. And you better hurry up. Because there will not always be time for you to get ready. How can you be worthy of heaven if you're not worthy of the sun? Huh? How can you ever expect to go to heaven when it's the son who's coming back to take you to heaven. Well, if you ain't worthy of the son, guess what? How are you going to get there? How do you know how to get there? To just be plain and honest, you ain't going. That's right. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man. What does that cover? Everybody. Jesus said, no man. You cannot come unto my father without coming through me. And how can you expect to live a profitable, uh, 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 a spirit mattering life to God if you're not in Christ? To live however many years God will allow you to live, only to die and then to be condemned to eternal damnation. You can't say God wasted his time. No, you wasted God's time. Because God kept waking you up. God kept giving you every opportunity in the world to get right. Why won't you? That's the question. Why won't you get right? Huh? What what has you so wrapped up in your emotions? What have you so wrapped up in your mind that you feel it's better to stay in darkness 
than to be called out of the darkness into his marvelous light. I need to know, folks. I need to know. What is it that got you so wrapped up that you would jeopardize your soul? You would, you would basically just say, I'll go to hell for what I'm doing. Really? Because you will. You will. Have you really thought and considered it? You say, well, there's some folks in the church who, you know, they, they ain't right. They said this or they offended me. This and that. Let me tell you, folks, we, we go over this over and over and over and over and over. You don't come here to worship people. Amen. Jesus didn't die for you to worship other people. Jesus laid down his life that you can come into a relationship with God. In any aspect of living, whether it's on a job or whatever it is you're doing in his life, you're going to find some people who ain't right. Are they worth going to hell over? They should be. How is it on your job you can shake people off? You can ignore them when they cross you and do you wrong. You don't quit the job. Right? You don't just keep calling in sick every day and say, I ain't going to work because that person there. No, you keep going to work, don't you? How is it you can have the stamina to deal with them from the worldly point, but yet you'll jeopardize your soul and putting off being baptized for the remission of your sin because what somebody said or somebody did. You owe God more than that. Amen. We all owe him more than that. In summary, we sing the old song. He paid a debt he did not owe. I like the other one. He bore it all that I may live. Jesus paid the debt that I can never repay. And for that, we owe him what? We owe him everything. 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 You're here today. And you haven't put Christ on in baptism. And I'm going to go as far as to say this. Because I'm concerned about souls. There are some here who are who, who, who have. And yeah, this lesson is just. For you. Not, be, not to be mean spirited. Not to be. Uh, you know to pick up. Hey. You can't. Have a relationship with God. Outside of Christ. Amen. The Father. The Son. The Holy Spirit. Are one. Am I right? Amen. They don't contradict each other. So how how you gonna how you gonna hang out with one when all three are in one accord? Mm -hmm.
You said, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to keep taking my chances. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And that's what so many people have done. And they waited too late. I, in closing, I'm going to share this story. We've shared it before about the gentleman that used to come here. Mr. Mallory. Mr. Mallory attended Bible studies here and Bible studies, other places we held and everything for what? Over a couple of years. Mr. Mallory would be out here before everybody on Wednesday nights. He'll be sitting waiting on us to open the bill. Mr. Mallory would come, listen, agree. He said, y'all right. Y'all sure right. Matter of fact, he would get literature and go out and teach and tell folks that they were wrong. That their teaching was not in accordance to the Bible. But Mr. Mallory had a hang-up. Mr. Mallory said, I've been baptized about three times already. And I just want to make sure. The next time I do it, I want to make sure it's right. I said, well, you can read for yourself. And know it's right. Yeah. Folks, let me tell you something. On, on several occasions, several occasions on a Wednesday night, Mr. Mallory sat here in this building. Always sat back there where Adrell is. That was his favorite spot, right back there. Sit, and after the class, he'll say, Well, that was a good lesson. That was a good class. He'll walk up and just stare into the baptismal pool. I said, You ready? He said, I thought about it. I, he said, matter of fact, I got my baptismal clothes on up under my clothes. He did that four separate times. But never got baptized. And guess what happened, folks? He got sick. He got sick. He was in the hospital for over a month. Got out, went home, and his daughter took him home, dropped him off. She was going to run an errand, and when she dropped him off to go run the errand, guess what? He died. Intentions don't save you, folks. I said, Mr. matter. you don't have to wear your own baptismal clothes. He said, no, I just... I said, we have got... He said, no, I got my own on. Well, let's go get in the water. He said, no, I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait. And I went, for what? What do he say in judgment? Huh? What are you going to say in judgment? Mm -hmm. I kept waking you up, waking you up, waking you up. I kept giving you chances. I protected you from all types of dangers you never saw. I protected you from situations and you cheated me 
out of the breath that I gave you to breathe. Mm -hmm. You would not offer your body as a living sacrifice unto me. Ain't no time for waiting. No, sir. Ain't no time. No, sir. The day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Because, folks, guess what? This might be it. Amen. I, I don't know what else to say. If, 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 if the appeal from God's word don't move you, if God so loving the world he gave his only begotten son don't move you, if Jesus hanging on the cross bleeding after being unmercifully beaten and, and, and put down, if that don't move you, maybe you just don't want to go to heaven. But I, I just, I just, I would just prefer not to think that's what you think. But if you don't move and act upon the invitation that's being extended, you only give the indication by your words Amen. that, hey, I don't care about what God did. And guess who's going to have the last word? God will have the last word because you're going to die in your sin and you're going to stand in the judgment without representation, no advocate with the father, nobody to speak for you. But for those of us who've been washed in the blood, we have an advocate with the father. We have representation. And we have a chance. Amen. You're here today. And you stand in need of giving your life over to Christ. Being baptized for the remission of your sin. I pray that you will come. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I know you believe it. You believe it because you keep coming and you hear it talk week after week. Repent of your sins. Just say, you know what? I finally got myself out of the way that I can accept that God, your way is the only way. Amen. I've been following what I thought was right, what I felt, but I'm fit to get up off from leaning on my own understanding and I'm fit to lean on your word. Amen. Confess him to be the son of God. Amen. Be baptized today for the remission of your sin and live faithful. Unto death. Watch what a difference the Lord can make in your life. For us who are members, do we appreciate what God has done? Do we do more complaining or do we do more praising? God does enough for us every day that our praises should always outnumber and outsound our complaints. You need prayer. You need strength. I had someone to come up to me after service this morning and they said, I need help. Amen. I need help to be encouraged. Mm -hmm. 
I need to, I need somebody to help me to become a better person. Amen. See, there are people who have a desire to do better. Amen. But first, you got to get you out of the way. Yes, you stand in need this evening. Guess what? God stands prepared to provide you the help. What's our song, Jerry? 197. 197 is our song. Let us together stand and let us sing. What can wash away my 